I'm going to call to order the Peace River Town Council regular meeting for Monday, June the 11th. Just to 2018. Was my voice loud enough? Um, the we have an agenda, or all councilors should have an agenda in front of them. Are there any additions to be made, uh, Mr. Town? There's no additions, but council has been given the information for number six under new business, and that's an RFP for sidewalk up in the west end of town. Okay. Um, so you'll be handing that information out, okay? And later you'll, um, you'll just put it on the agenda package. Okay, so there's no additions, no deletions. Is there any special requests for a walk-on? Okay, if not, uh, somebody could uh, make a motion to I'll, uh, move, I'll move the uh, June 11th agenda as uh, presented to worship. All in favor? Okay, that takes us to the minutes of May 28, 2018, regular council meeting. Is there any changes that need to be made there to, for it to ring true? I'll move the agenda, the uh, minutes as presented. All in favor? Good. That takes us, um, well, it takes us into public hearings. There is a public hearing on bylaw 2034. I understand this is a statutory bylaw, is that correct, Mr. Town? Yes, it is, Your Worship. Okay, very good. So um, we need a motion. That moves the council open a public hearing on the matter of the advertising bylaw, bylaw 2034. Let's that. Mr. Stamelhorn, all in favor? So I hereby declare the statutory public hearing open at uh, 10 minutes after 5 on uh, June the 11th, uh, 2018, and note that this hearing is being held pursuant to section 7, 8, 230, 606, and 692 of the Municipal Government Act. Uh, if I could have Ms. Fallon, our Executive Assistant, uh, uh, confirm what the purpose of the public hearing is. Yes, the public purpose um, is for public hearings review by the 23rd at and when was the public hearing noticed uh, noticed advertised and in what uh, what uh, newspaper? It was advertised on May 30th and June 6th in the And were there any written submissions received but not included in the public agenda hearing agenda package? Uh, no written submissions. Very good. So, uh, all persons giving oral presentations are to clearly state their name and uh, try and keep their presentations succinct. Uh, I will now call on the designate for the government <laughs> officer. I don't think this is actually. So, I will call on uh, Ms. Autumn Yu 
to uh, to make the uh, as the uh, as the town representative on on the uh, on this public hearing to present the information. As mentioned, this bylaw was advertised in thirtieth and June sixth in the Record Gazette. Um, we received no applications either for or against at this time. Okay. Um, I will call on those in favor of the bylaw. That was first call, second call, third call. I will now move on to uh, those who. I will, I will uh, give an opportunity to those opposed to the bylaw to come forward. Uh, that was first call, second call, third call. And I will now call on any person who feels that they are affected and who wishes to be heard to come forward, make their presentation. That was first call, this is second call, and this is third call. So we will now uh, allow uh, council to make any, any to ask any questions in the Zoom. No questions. I just noticed a typo that got thrown. You want to Well, you, uh, I don't. I don't think you're allowed to make remarks. Just ask questions. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but uh, what typo is it? Under 2C, it says following municipal facilities, and then there's only one listed. So take the S off there. Whatever, no comments. <laughs> we'll adjust it for the singular. I will see that there's no further questions or comments. Um, I will permit a concluding statement from those who have made a presentation. Thank you for your time. Okay. Seeing that all presentations have been made, I will now declare the public hearing closed at. 14 minutes after 5. That will allow us to go to presentations and uh, BMI is here to present the 2018 general development plan. everybody and thank you for uh, for allowing us to come and uh, share our 2018 uh, general development plan with the council um, some of you probably this presentation will look very familiar and a few of you that I think will be very good for so uh, I look forward to uh, any questions that you may have so um, we, we do our general development plan annually it's Maybe just for the record if we could get you that Mention your name. Sure. So, so uh, my name is Michael Jaffin. I'm, I'm a forest planner with Dyshawn Irving, and Clark Campbell is with me. He's uh, in our operations department. And your uh, communications person, your person responsible for communications, is public communications. 
No, no, just the people responsible for communicating the general development plan. <laughs> okay, very good. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, uh, DMI uh, is a pulp mill that was constructed in 1989, uh, craft pulp um, generated from both hardwood and, and softwood uh, chips. We produce 12 to 1500 air metric dry tons per day. Um, we have a permanent full-time full staff of about um, 290 to 310 people at any given time, and a contract workforce between 150 and 180. Uh, our deliveries, so we accept uh, chips from our bush chipping operations. We also accept uh, chips from uh, sawmills. So most of our hardwood chips we generate ourselves. Most of our softwood chips we purchase from from sawmills that uh, make lumber. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, hard, hardwood is generally you know deciduous trees, and softwood is a coniferous spruce pine fir. Uh, tree length logs, so we do accept some tree length deliveries into our yard. They're mostly done through salvage operations or incidental harvesting from the conifer operators who have uh, deciduous trees in their, in their blocks. We do also uh, accept biomass deliveries from local sawmills, which we use to produce electricity. So, so examples of uh, hardwood. Uh, up in the top left corner, softwood right corner, overview picture of our mill down, down at the bottom, and uh, we'll look at the FMA a little closer as we go on. So BMI as a mill requires about uh, 1.3 million cubic meters of deciduous uh, trees annually, and 1.2 million cubic meters of conifer chips that we, that we purchase. And we consume about 275,000 cubic meters of biomass annually. So the forest planning process in Alberta. So we start with a detailed forest management plan. Every forest company who, who has a quota needs one. Um, this is a, a 10 year plan that we um, have a 200 year outlook to. So we want to ensure that uh, everything we do on the land basis, all of our harvesting is done sustainably. And we do this by generating a, a detailed forest management plan. And that also takes into account um, you know, community considerations, environmental considerations, um, you know, wildlife, as well as the economics uh, around operating a business. Uh, then we uh, come down to the general development plan, which is what we're going to be specifically talking about today. This is a five-year plan that we create annually. So it's a five-year projection of where we think we're going to be harvesting. Uh, and then uh, we kind of focus it in on the, the areas that we're going to be harvesting in the first year. It's a very broad uh, overview of the areas we're going to get uh, be harvesting in. It doesn't get down to the cup block by cup block uh, specifications. Um, from the general development plan, we'll create a forest harvest plan, which is the uh, cup block by cup block assessment of the, of the area and that, that plan, all of these plans require approval, uh, approval from government. So the Forest Harvest Plan is going to get another five-year projection of the actual cut blocks we're going to cut and then we go to an annual harvest plan which we submit every year to show which blocks we're going to cut that year. Any questions on the planning process? All right. 
the general purpose of the general development plan is to provide a projection of activities for the next five years and to give public stakeholders, um, you know, municipalities, First Nations, uh, all an opportunity to uh, provide comments on those areas, and highlight any concerns that they that they might have, and a chance to ask questions of, about the operations. Uh, so like I said, the map that we provide is a general overview of our operations. It shows proposed haul routes, any satellite yards we plan on using. It also shows planned operating areas for the next five years, colored by, by year. Uh, we also include cut control tables, so we, we identify the annual level cut uh, that we're allowed to harvest each year versus the actual volume that we plan to harvest that year. And those volumes are calculated from volume tables that they're already uh, predetermined in our um, annual level cut determination. As-built information, for, we may also include as-built information from the previous timber year, uh, any roads and blocks that were harvested, uh, along with uh, any outstanding actions on those, those blocks. So any, any work that we still need to do to, to tidy those blocks up and wrap them up uh, will also go on the development plan. And then we also do First Nation, Métis, and public municipal consultation. So we'll talk a little bit about our 2017-2018 highlights. Uh, go into our 2018-2019 harvesting and hauling plans. We'll talk a little bit about our First Nation, Métis consultation process. Current research and development. And provide an opportunity for you guys to give some feedback. Uh, this was like a slide we just went through a couple minutes ago, so I'll skip that one. So this is our general development plan map. Um, the areas that you see highlighted kind of in the, the orangey, the light orangey color there, those are the areas we plan uh, on putting blocks in in the first year. Uh, so you can see we have two FMAs. We have our east FMA on the east side of the river, of the Peace River, and our west FMA on the west side of the, the Peace River that's broken up into two two separate pieces, a uh, north and a south. So, as you can see here, we plan on putting blocks in the first year in about three quarters of the, the operating areas within both of our FMAs there. Any questions on the map? Are any of those, are any of those caribou trails or something? <laughs> so, so some of the areas on the west side are in the, Caribou area that it's under discussion right right now, so uh, we'll have to kind of see where where those discussions go and how that that plays out. There's almost zero certainty right at the moment. <laughs> uh, so DMI's harvesting operations. So, oh sorry. Um, one question on the map, and just an area I find interesting. On the roads, is there how, what, what percentage of the roads would you be using there with the industry, industry built roads in those areas? And what, rough, just roughly, if you have the idea, if you don't, that's fine. What percentage would be uh, primary or secondary highway, how, uh, tertiary, and how many would be industry built roads? Or, or how many would be municipally maintained as versus private? Yeah, I, I honestly wouldn't even be able to have a guess on that. I mean, we're, each year is a little bit different, so I mean that the, 
the, the main highway corridors are, are Highway 35, right. Highway 2, and um, the, the secondary highways. And if you talk to the one part about reclamation of roads, is that um, generally reclaiming um, industry roads or, or reclaiming the municipal roads that are used? Or what is so, so the reclamation is specific to the industry roads. Um, okay. uh, maintenance is what, is what we would do on the, uh, you know, the other public roads. So uh, if we're using county roads, for example, we'll enter into a road use agreement with the county and we'll either pay them a fee to maintain the roads that we use or we will take over the maintenance of those roads while, while we're there. So it kind of mitigates any cost to the municipality for your use on the road. Correct. Thank you. So the municipal taxes that you pay to the county of Northern Lights, uh, that you're not paying specifically for road maintenance of county roads? No. No. So if you use a county road, you enter into, into a road use agreement with the county and you pay them X number of dollars for the, for the wear and tear on those roads. We basically, one of our contractors will take over the maintenance of the roads. Okay. Or we'll share it with the, with the MD. It's different from MD to MD. So, yeah, we, we're, we definitely get involved in uh, cost sharing of the, the maintenance in one way or another. So supposedly what you pay for the county roads is is equivalent to your wear and tear on those roads, I would say. Yeah, that would be So DMI's harvesting operation. So um, we currently operate a fleet of, um, or we don't operate, we have contractors that operate a fleet of, of eight portable chippers. Uh, there's about 70 trucks that service those chippers. And we operate on both Crown and private lands. Uh, operations generally start around July 15th and run until March 31st. And the July 15th uh, date is, is quite important. Because uh, DMI has made a commitment to not operate during the migratory bird nesting period. And uh, because federal legislation says that we can't knowingly destroy an active bird nest, uh, we can't, with good conscience, operate before that day and say we're not destroying active bird nests. So, uh, so that, that's a choice that we, that we make. Uh, not all, we may only be the only for a company actually that actually. It actually does that. I don't know of any of any others. So um, that's something that from as a fish and wildlife guide, which which I how I started into the industry, uh, I find quite exceptional. Uh, safety is paramount at, at DMI. So we have truck safe procedures. Uh, we do random third party mechanical inspections on our on our trucking fleet. So we don't just leave it up to the DOT. To, to make sure that the trucks coming into our mill are safe, we take on some of that responsibility as well. And during the winter hauling season, uh, DMI 
employees do an internal truck audit. So our operations staff will, will go out uh, on selected days and they'll make sure make sure trucks they don't do mechanical inspections, but they just make sure that they have all the the pieces that are supposed to be on them externally. They're not bringing any plastic into our into our mills. Their load uh, sizes are are proper and those types of things. So a few highlights of our 2017 season. So DMI harvested a total of 82 cup blocks uh, between our forest management area and, and our quota licenses. Those 82 cup blocks totaled just about 3,500 hectares. The average cup block size was 42 hectares and the largest <coughs> cup block was 554 hectares. Smallest was one hectare. So big range of, of cup blocks that we harvest out, out there. And we, we do that intentionally. Um, part of our goal uh, on the landscape is to try and mimic the natural disturbance patterns that, that would have occurred on the landscape to, if we allowed fire to, um, uh, or disease to, to work through the landscape. So, you know, fire doesn't just create big square blocks or little square blocks. It makes all different shapes and sizes of blocks. and We'll try to mimic that uh, that pattern and design on the landscape, and it, it's actually fairly easy to do because those patterns are already there from historic fires. So we just follow those same scan types around. Uh, so just some pictures of some cup, different cup block sizes and shapes. So here's a, here's an example of a very large cup block. But within that large cup block, we also have large retention patches. And lots of dispersed retention through, throughout the block, so there's there's lots of opportunity for animals to still still move around and hide. Um, birds can can perch and, and hunt off the, the trees that are that are less dense through the block. And those little individual trees are designed to fall down over time and um, put nutrients back into the into the soil again and, and create my, micro habitats for for other organisms <coughs> that require those those types of stands. And again, this is something similar to what a fire would have done, right? It, it wouldn't have burned all through everything. It would have left little patches, larger patches, different shapes and patterns. And it would have left individual trees through, throughout the block as well. It doesn't burn everything to the ground. So while we can't 100% you know, mimic the effects of fire, we can, we can do really close to it to try. Uh, another cup block. This is a this is a smaller opening with more more retention. Um, this this one here highlights the the stream down the middle of the block. So we do buffer all all water courses to, to provincial standards. So the buffers could be anywhere from from thirty to a uh, hundred meters, uh, depending on the size and the classification of the water courses. This cup block shows up all over the place and, and DMI's off um, public materials. Because um, this is this is a classic block of exactly what we've been what we've been trying to accomplish. You know, we've got um, a fairly large block, some large retention patches in it. Those retention patches are close enough together to provide um, stepping stones for wildlife moving through through the cup block. Our goal is to try not to have um, large mammals move more than 400 meters in any direction. Because, like, 
So, so the cover is always available within 400 meters of them if they're, if they're in one of our cover blocks. Not always able to get that number nailed down exactly, but that's that's the kind of the goal. You want to be able to, uh, you know, let them quickly move into cover if they need. Did you uh, mimic crop circles and uh, stimulate the <laughs> UFO industry in this part of the room? Do you have to build a landing pad? There's actually there's actually a lot of natural features out there that look exactly like that. I, I believe they call them donut. Uh, <coughs> well, that's something I can't remember the exact term, but they, uh, you know, they're, they're little marine hummocks all through the, the landscape, and perfect, almost perfect little circles. Yeah. Yeah. So when you first look at them in aerial photography, they look exactly like crop circles. Mm -hmm. But I don't think we can we can make the circles. I don't know if we can simulate the UFO. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so our 2018 operating season, um, the numbers in each of our years are, are always going to look very, very, very similar um, just because we have, you know, kind of the same type of needs for, for our mill. It's very consistent. So um, from, from our Twin Lakes operating area north of Manning, um, we're looking at about taking about uh, 260,000 cubic meters from, from that area. That's going to be one of our, one of our big big target areas. Um, Carcadu, again, north of, north of Manning, another 50,000 meters. Our DTLP uh, 2001, that's north of Manning, again, another 145,000. Uh, Hines Creek area, Deer Hills, Hines Creek, another 130,000. So that's everything on the west side of the river. So now we move to the east side. Um, Estimating about 250,000 to come out of our, our Cache Creek area, which is on the north end of our East Hall Road. Um, another 250,000 on the East East Whiskey Jack area, which is uh, in the middle of our East Hall Road. And then uh, about 120,000 out of, out of Casper Creek. And are and those all chips in chip form? Or is some of that in wood form? So everything on the west side will will be removed from the block in chip form. The stuff on the east side, we, we have set up a, a new satellite yard um, at kilometer one on our East Hall Road. Um, Peace River Lodging, that's private property owned by Peace River Lodging that, that we're setting up a satellite yard. And the reason we went to that Sorry, sorry, I'll just back up a minute. So in that satellite yard, we're going to bring logs and in, in tree length form. So those, those tree length logs are going to come to the satellite yard. We're going to need to haul off highway weights because we're not coming out onto, on any public, public highways. So we got permission from the, from the MD on their portion of the road to haul off highway weights. So there will be oversized loads coming down that road into the satellite yard. And, and then Peace River Logging has the intention to just chip the wood out of that satellite yard and bring the chips to the mill. So it's all chips coming to the mill, but on the east side of the river, it's just it's going to be logs or tree, tree length wood leaving the, the block. So all the trucks that go through Manning are all the chip trucks, there's no log trucks. The only log trucks that would be coming through Manning would be incidental wood from, from the conifer operators up there that are. Right. They have aspen in their block that would be coming to our mill. Oh, okay. 
silviculture. BMI is quite blessed in the silviculture department and we actually don't have to do a lot of it. Uh, because we're harvesting aspen, um, most of the lots will just regenerate naturally after we, after we walk away from them. So if we harvest them correctly, we um, you know, don't do excessive amounts of, of soil disturbance and or erosion on the, on the block. Uh, we should just be able to walk away from most of it and then be able to, to regrow that. Uh, most of the tree planting we do is on roadways and, and corridors where we you know, have to strip the soil um, to get access. In that case, uh, anything that we harvest in the summertime, we decompact it with big plows and plant, plant trees along it. Uh, the stuff in the wintertime usually doesn't have any compaction, so we're able to usually just roll the topsoil back onto it and, and plant trees in those, those things again. So, so we for natural is our, is our biggest silviculture um, objective that, that BMI has. Uh, and then to make sure that we uh, that we are achieving our regeneration um, standards that are required by government, um, we do we do uh, performance surveys at I think about five and seven, seven years. So we do a survey at five years just to make sure the block is adequately stocked, and then another year another survey at seven years, and, and hopefully it's um, it's pretty much free to grow at that point in time. If we find that there's a deficiency, we correct it. Doesn't happen often. Well, here's our caribou picture. <laughs> Grizzlies are next, then, it's Is that a GPS collar I see on? <laughs> I don't think that one has a collar, but uh, so, so time of operation. So we, we do operate in non frozen conditions. Uh, that starts after July 15th and, and goes to free thumb. It, like I said, it's voluntary for us um, to give the, the birds time to finish nesting. Our frozen operations <coughs> start sometime after freeze up and they continue to break up, which is usually you know, in the end of March. And, and as always, these dates are, are dependent on weather. Weather dictates um, what we can and what we have to stop. Uh, satellite yard operations. Um, Generally speaking, April to August, but the, the one we have now in the on these all over the 20, 24 months of the year, I think, is the is the final one. So get it. Sorry, 12 months of the year. Yeah, once we get it fully rolling, I, I don't think they plan on stopping. So no more English chipping is kind of what we need to worry about. Chipping in the yard and staying and we bring it to. And we are exploring those same opportunities on the west side of the river. We're just, we don't have anything in, in place for that yet. Okay, so you've got a log yard, satellite log yard on the east side, and you're looking to put one or two satellite yards on the west side? One or two, or even possibly three. There's one in the works, and there'll be some more after that, I would think. And then private land operations. So we do buy wood from private landowners. We buy it standing. We don't accept log deliveries from private landowners. Um, a few reasons for that is, is uh, we'll talk about our certification in, in a couple of minutes. But 
Our certification requires us to, to make sure that all of the wood that comes to our mill, no matter where it comes from, meets our certification standards. And the only way that we can really, really do that and say for certain that that's the case is if we plan the wood, harvest the wood, and deliver the, the wood to us. Uh, you know, just, there's no way for us to confirm that a deck of trees in the middle of a field actually came from the property that, that we're told they, they come from. You know, we might be able to go do an assessment and, and, and make a reasonable determination that would satisfy our uh, our certification guidelines, but uh, the only way we know for certain is if we do all the work ourselves. So, so that's generally what happens. Um, the other reason we do it is, is uh, economics for us to go and harvest and chip the wood. Uh, we take, our chippers take a whole bunch of steps out of the harvesting process that um, that we can't afford to pay for if somebody else did the, the harvesting themselves or hired it. So uh, just give you an example. When, when we chip, um, the trees get felled, skidded directly to the chipper, loaded into the truck from the chipper, and hauled to the mills, and dumped directly into the, the dump that chipped in, right? So there's, there's five steps. Um, in a tree length operation, uh, the, chips, the, the trees are felled, they're skidded, they're processed, loaded, they're trucked, they're um, unloaded at the mill, they're removed around again at the mill, and then they're and then they're chipped into the conveyor. So there's there's three extra steps in the process and those steps all cost money that um, you know we can't afford to pay for compared to our chip. Our certification, so our main certification is uh, SFI, the Sustainable Forestry Initiative. Um, th this is what dictates our forest management and our fiber sourcing policies. Uh, it basically tells us how we, we do our business out on, on the ground. Uh, then we have a couple of chain of custody certifications. So the program for the endorsement of forest certification and the Forest Stewardship Council, these kind of set the guidelines for um, for tracking our, our wood and making sure that all of the wood that comes in to our mill meets the, the SFI standard. So it's much more about documentation where the SFI is more about implementation on, on the ground. Um, all of our certifications are audited annually. Uh, we do an internal audit to, to make sure that, uh, that things are, are on track, and then we have an external auditor for our jobs to come in and uh, do, do, do the same thing. Actually, both audits are done by, by third party individuals, but um, the external audit is the one that uh, determines whether we get our certification. We're actually doing an internal audit next week, starting Monday. Um, so a few initiatives and achievements. So um, DMI has completed the, the ABI, which is vegetation inventory um, for our West FMA. We're about 80% done for the, the East Forest Management Area. And, and this is in preparation for completing a new DFMP. So we're currently working on a new um, defined forest management, detailed forest management plan. Um, there will be plenty of opportunity um, for, for public involvement and engagement through our uh, public advisory committee. And um, uh, there will be another roadshow um, coming around the community again. 
more aggressive against SD. And we're, we're a little bit behind on, on that, that draft plan right now. And I think we're looking at about 2020 completing it, which is a 10 or 12 months beyond when uh, we're hoping to have it done. But there's a lot of work that has to go into it. There's a, there's a lot of things that are changing in the province right now, specifically around First Nation consultation and engagement, engagement and EAP consultation and engagement. So we've had to play a little bit of, little bit of catch up and make sure that you know, we're, we're meeting our, our requirements with, with some of those goals. Uh, so I just talked a little bit about consultation. So uh, information in the 2018 GDP was provided to First Nation Métis settlements with traditionally loose areas that overlap uh, the proposed operating areas. These areas have been changing. They've been growing <laughs> for, for, for many of the, the bands and settlements. So, you know, we've been, again, trying to try to catch up and keep keep up with things and make sure people get the information they, they need to make um, informed decisions and informed comments to us. Um, we, I, yeah, I think we sent most of those out in, in January, and we're just starting now to to wrap up some of the some of the consultation and, and, and continuing engagement with uh, with those bands and communities. Um, we have a public advisory committee, our, our PAC, and it's composed of members that. Uh, represent various stakeholder groups, individual viewpoints, government agencies, other industries. Uh, meetings are held quarterly and provide an opportunity to give DMI direct feedback on our, our practices and policies and plans. Uh, groups and individuals are welcome to make an application to join our public advisory committee. And any anybody inquiring uh, about joining the PAP can call our DMI Woodlands office at the, the number here, 647 um, there's a limited, there's a limited number of seats that we, we allow on the, on the pack for, for obvious reasons. You know, we have to be a functional group, but we also want to be a diverse group, so we get a lot of, um, a lot of different types of input. And, and I honestly couldn't tell you who all sits on the pack right now. They will fire them. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you would know better than I. I'm not, I'm not our pastor. There's a lot of people. Yeah, it's a big group. There's a lot. So, so that's the end of our presentation. So um, if, if you have any questions on our plan, uh, Fraser Black is, is my boss. He's our planning superintendent. Uh, Trina Tosh looks after all of our development planning on the west side of the river. I look after all the planning on the east side of the river and all of our private land. And if you have any questions on operations, where can help answer those questions. So uh, you mentioned uh, uh, basically 165 contractors. <coughs> that includes um, the general laborers at the mill. Does that include the truck drivers? What does that number include? So, so 165. Um, yeah, yeah, 150 to 180 contractors. That, that's mostly referring to, yeah, contract labor that works at the mill and contract labor in the bush. So truck drivers and our four, four contractors employees. So, yeah, okay, so 
all those truck drivers that drive the trucks during the middle of winter, they're all they're included in that one hundred eighty. Yeah, so so that's that's a full time equivalent. Yeah. So those guys would kind of be deemed temporary, yeah. right? Because they're they're on but they get counted in that number so if there's one that's 50 percent in half time if one one truck driver is half time another truck driver is I've done that that's one. Yeah, that's one. Yeah, and that's counting. Yes, that was. Just to further on uh, His Worship's comments, there, um, how does that number reflect with your shutdown staff? Is that temporary as well, or is that number in there too? I don't think that's in there. That would be in there. So shutdown wouldn't be included. No. Yeah, that would be more than that already. Yeah. On that. Just if I may, uh, on the uh, on the uh, the planning, the uh, the one five and the ten year, um, so EMI still has a twenty five year FMA agreement. So, so when when does that come up for negotiation? Or it, it's I can tell by the facial. If this is not imminent, then you're you're going to be in town for a day or two. You're not uh, you're not packing. Okay. Yeah, I, I think our FMA is just not renewed. So, so we're, yeah, both the FMAs just got renewed. So, 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 so that would again would be a 25 year yes. term, and then this one five and ten falls underneath that. Yeah. So, so, so the, the reason the reason for those like, different levels of planning is that you know that the DFMP is a is a ten year plan. So, you know, we we do our best guess and projections for those ten years. Um, over what we think is going to happen in the next 200 years, and then I mean, there's there's so much stuff that goes on that we you know, have to reevaluate it again in, in 10 years and make sure we're on track and you know, make sure that other influences around us haven't um, you know put us out of uh, out of sync with maintaining our first objective of being sustainable. So, for example, with the caribou. If some form of the caribou plan comes in that takes a whole bunch of our land base away, that's going to rejig our entire annual level cut for that for that area, well, for our whole land base, probably. Thank you. for decision second and third reading of bylaw 2034 which was the advertising bylaw so this should be uh, fairly quick since you guys didn't have any questions just the uh, public hearing on this bylaw <laughs> because now is not the time to ask the questions the question was public, the time was public hearing but anyhow if you got questions we have one tiny amendment so far uh, so a motion for second reading on bylaw 23. Okay, Mr. Ford, all in favor? Yes. 
second reading? That would be as amended? Yes. As amended with the singular direction. Okay. So, uh, did anyone vote on that? Uh, and we have done first reading, right? Yes. First reading with that. Okay. Motion on it for third reading. Anyone need a motion to go to Mr. Stamhorn, all in favor? Okay. Great. Um, I'm assuming Mr. S uh, uh, remind me. Shram. Shram. <laughs> um, I was getting mixed up with the hard SCH and the soft SCH. Um, the uh, so so I assume you're going to do. Remind us about second and third reading for the Deventure Bylaws 2022 to 2029. Mm -hmm. Correct. Okay. So there's seven of them. That's correct. Mm -hmm. Okay. Good evening, Council. I'm here to uh, present an RFD requesting second and third readings for the uh, Deventure Bylaws. I listed for your worship. And during the 2018 budget deliberations, Council was presented with a proposed 2018 capital budget. This proposed budget identified projects and funding sources. Upon review, Council adopted the current 2018 capital budget. Uh, funding for some of these projects required that the benches be issued. The bylaws 2022 through 2029 are bylaws authorizing this borrowing. These bylaws were presented at the April 23rd, 2018 regular council meeting and received first reading. These bylaws were advertised in the May 14th, 2018 and May 21st, 2018 issues of the Gazette. No petitions were received at the time of writing. These bylaws can now be presented for second and third reading. So based on the uh, approved 2018 capital budget, administration makes the following recommendations. And the recommendation is um, pretty consistent. Through, is the same throughout. No bylaws receive second and third readings. So, in terms of making the motion, you just say bylaws 2022 through two and including bylaw 2029, or do we have to make one? Okay, so we have to make a separate one. Separate second reading and a separate third reading for each of the bylaws. I believe that is correct. Okay, so uh, pass, um, we'll, we'll pass this around. So, Mr. Needham, <coughs> we'll start with Mr. Needham, and you can do uh, 2020. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was the only one that didn't have the, the script. Okay, Mr. Needham. Uh, yes, Your Worship. I would uh, put a motion on the floor for second reading for bylaw 2022 20, in the amount of $355,700. Third reading? Well, why don't we, uh, we'll just have on. Oh, yeah, hey. All right, uh, you let me put the uh, final uh, peg in the coffin, and I would put a motion on the floor for third reading for bylaw 2022. Okay. All in favor? 
So for bylaw 2023, I move second reading. Uh, Chapter to remain in the amount of $519,200. All in favor? I would like to also move third reading of bylaw 2023. Same amount. All in favor? Very good. We passed uh, bylaw 2023. Um, Mr. Ford, will you do the honors on bylaw 2024? Yes, Your Worship, I'd put a motion on the floor to move second reading of bylaw 2024 to the adventure bylaw for the construction of the Shaftesbury sewer main in the amount of $501,600. Yeah, this is quite cheap. All in favor? And uh, would you do the honors for third reading? Yes, I'd put a motion, same motion on the floor for third reading. All in favor? Okay, uh, Mr. Good. I'd like to move second, move second reading of bylaw 2025, the bylaw for replacement of reservoir 365 in the amount of $2,050,000. All in favor? I think you got the uh, you got the lot of max bylaw here. I'll move third reading. Uh, bylaw 2025, the adventure bylaw for replacement reservoir 365 in the amount of two million and fifty thousand dollars. All in favor? Very good. Uh, Deputy Mayor Manzer. I move second reading of bylaw 2026, the uh, adventure bylaw for the replacement of the water treatment plant boiler in the amount of two hundred fifty thousand dollars. All in favor? Do the honors for the third reading. On the second reading of bylaw 2026, the adventure bylaw for the replacement of the water treatment plant boiler in the amount of $250,000. Oh, so it's the third reading, right? Third reading. Okay. Okay, we pass that one. Uh, Ms. Downing? Uh, I'd like to motion for, for bylaw 2027 the um, Weberville drying bags in the Amount of $544,000. Second reading. Oh, second reading. Thank you, Arm. Oh, did you say first? Didn't oh, say first. Oh, okay, all in favor? We passed that one. Or you do the third reading. And I would like now to put a motion on the floor for third reading of uh, bylaw 2027 Weberville drying beds for the amount of $544,000. All in favor? Oh. You you, you uh, get to shine twice here, 2028. <laughs> uh, yes, Your Worship, I would uh, put a motion on the floor for uh, second reading bylaw 2028 for the uh, uh, wastewater treatment plant sludge press in the amount of $525,000. And of course, just on the, I think you got the right one, on page 53 of 116. The actual briefing note it has offsite levies of twenty five thousand for for this. Um, how does that a plus or a minus into the um, like the twenty five thousand? Is it coming from someplace? Uh, it would probably come from us, uh, Mr. McQuaid. Can you answer that, or is Mr. Schramm going to answer? 
part of the funding would be part of the funding would come from our uh, offsite levy. So we're moving it from our offsite levy reserve into this project, basically. Okay, thank you. Your Worship, I would uh, put a motion on the floor for Bylaw uh, Point 28, uh, third reading for 525,000. Third, third and final reading, so 2029, Mr. Camelot. <coughs> I would like to move second reading of Bylaw 2029, the debenture bylaw for the wastewater treatment plant duration tank cleaning in the amount of $321,250. I would subsequently like to move third reading of bylaw 2029, the debenture bylaw for the wastewater treatment plant aeration tank cleaning in the amount of $321,250. No and. All in favor? That's the best one. Mr. Mr. Good, though, still. Yeah, he told us that. Yeah. He, he told us that. happy. So, if there's any complaints about the tax increase, it should go to work. Okay, very good. So, we are now at bylaw 2037, an amendment to the community services board bylaw 1912. And this is for the Indigenous representation, correct? That is correct. Uh, your worship, I almost said your honor. I don't know where that came from. That would work. Um, in you addition, feeling guilty about something. <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> I'll let you know later. Right. Um, You're not opening that marijuana <laughs> shop. <laughs> I'm just trying to make the town some money. Um, the, the other item to note is that we are also uh, changing some wording on the terms. The term number ends up being the same. It's just much more manageable from an administrative perspective. So this is the amendment that Council and the Community Services Board has reviewed a number of times. So presented for first through third reading this evening. Okay. Who should ask the Indigenous represent, representatives to first, second, and third reading. Uh, Your Worship, I'd like to move for a uh, motion for first reading of bylaw, Community Services Board Bylaw 1912. Oh, there? Oh, ah, 2037. 
Uh, yes, Mr. Mayor, I, I came across this um, award from the government of Alberta, and I asked that it be put on the agenda so that um, uh, council and administration could um, at least think about somebody in our community that could be nominated for this award and put forth the nomination papers and so on. So I was not asking that we pick somebody tonight sort of thing, it's just uh, bringing awareness about the award. So generally this is quite a bit of work for us because um, usually these deadlines are very close to the announcement date. We run around, we have to gather quite a bit of information. There's an expectation that administration does all the elbow grease work. Um, it really hasn't very well worked out in the past, I think. No, in fact, we have had some conversations actually just this morning with um, a couple of my staff who are also involved in some secondary recreational activity that came up with some ideas that they'll take back to those community boards and organizations to encourage those boards to apply. For this particular award, it does require a municipal um, endorsement, I believe. So I think what we'll do is encourage and pass along. We have a number of different ways we can promote this particular award option to our user groups, um, to community groups, to our volunteer network, or family interagency, social media, websites. And um, we'll help promote and remind them they do need an endorsement from the municipality. So that's, in our case, a perfect involvement for us. So we're going to encourage our user groups. For example, they were looking at the Porpoise Swim Club and a board member who's been involved there for 12 years and has done all sorts of uh, stuff that hasn't necessarily gotten a, um, a large community recognition. This is an individual who's been involved his whole entire life in this learning world. So there's a already an opportunity right there. So I think we'll do the promotions and assistance and again um, I know we'll be connected because we'll be able to provide an endorsement. We'll be required to provide an endorsement. Thank you. So that kind of summarizes my intent to bringing this forth. Do we need a motion to ask the dean to do that? Yeah. I'll move that um, um, administration advertise this um, recreation volunteer award and um, make it known to community groups. Okay, are we going to advertise or are we just going to make it known to community groups? Put it on the website. Yeah, we'll you accept promote you send an advertise okay um deputy manager has accepted that as a funding amendment all in favor passed uh request for decision subdivision development appeal board application appointment your worship and council we have received an application 
and a member of the community to sit on our subdivision and development appeal board. Um, under section 627 of the Municipal Government Act, we must um, establish the subdivision and development appeal board, which is a quasi-judicial municipal board that hears appeals uh, respecting stop orders, development, and other subdivision decisions of the town. So currently we have, currently we're short two members of our full contingent. Uh, so this would bring us down to uh, one vacancy if we were to fill this position. And we've received an application from Monica Robinson who's lived in the town for 12 years um, and has legal expertise. Um, and you're, you've been provided with the application uh, a decent amount of experience um, in terms of legal uh, type items plus is uh, participating on a couple boards and and other groups within the town so um, seems to be a knowledgeable well-rounded applicant so there's two options here first is to accept and appoint Monica Robinson, Robinson to the subdivision and development <coughs> appeal board um, or the second option is, is to not so the administration is looking for a supportive motion and recommends a council appoint Monica Robinson to the subdivision development and appeal board for a three-year term. Okay, uh, and so obviously she thinks she has the time. She's oftentimes out of town during the week. But, uh, Is that the board that you sit on? Yeah. Who left? No one, we were short members. We recently changed the bylaw, and I think with that change we expanded the the membership because again we lost a counselor off of that only one counselor could sit so we expanded the other um, memberships so we'd have a, a group to choose from because again quorum is five members and the rules change okay okay uh who made that motion um uh, i move the council appoint monica robinson to the subdivision appeal board for a term of three years all in favor? Okay. Uh, the next item was Peace River High School request to attend graduation. So I'll speak to this one also. Council has received an invitation for the mayor or designate to attend the graduation ceremony for ceremony for the Peace River High School and bring greetings on behalf of the town. Is this on July 1st? Uh, June 30th this year. Saturday, June 30th at 1 p.m. Um, and it's just a request to uh, bring greetings, a couple quick words on, on behalf of the town. So um, if the town's interested, we'd be looking at an enabling motion to allow the mayor designate to attend. I don't think I'll be able to attend. So I can't Scanwin doesn't want to put his name for it. Scanwin's out of town. You'll, you'll get to see all those kids that you've guided through their formative years. I keep. I, I have my fingers crossed for one of the classes to actually ask me to come as a guest speaker because I'm the best teacher they've had through their. Uh, you know, but it, it hasn't happened yet. Maybe, this, maybe I should be going. This is the only way it's going to happen. And if I do end up there, you can bet I'm going to say that too. So maybe you don't want me to go. 
So, Mr. Mayor, I I move that uh, Mr. Ford be enabled to attend the Peace River High School graduation ceremony and bring greetings on behalf of the town on uh, June 30th. Okay. All in favor? Item four, briefing note regarding the Peace Regional Recreational Center. Uh, your Mayor and Worship, the report in front of you, in front of you this evening is actually um, over a number of meetings. I noticed I was remiss in following up from our May 25th construction meeting. We've actually moved into bi-weekly construction meetings now, so um, I think we'll stick to a monthly format for briefing of council unless something interesting happens during those meetings. Um, in regards to some of the activities that have been proceeding at the site, quite a lot of uh, physical work is going on. Um, some of it is internal, so you may not see it as you drive by. We have change room walls, they're masonry blocks, so a lot of the masonry work has been done. Um, Mr. Brian Willis has found his office, so he was able to stand in it a couple weeks ago and get a sense of where he was going to put his desk already. That's a, just a personal side note, he's pretty excited. Um, you can see the spectator seating is starting to develop through the masonry block walls on the west and south sides. Change room walls are going up, as I noted. 80% of the front steel structure is has been attached, and that was as of last week, so they'll be closer to 90% by now. Um, that is the, the entire fitness center, front lobby, um, second floor um, community rooms, and the upstairs mezzanine on the front of the building. So over the next couple of weeks, there'll be a lot of change to the front of the building. It's quite, um, adds a whole new dynamic to the space. Heat services are done, um, and they'll be moving to the back, uh, north side of the building facing the Good Shepherd School. There's a number of other additional elements that will change the back side of the building. Um, the mechanical space, apparently the most important room in the whole structure, <laughs> which then took my, some of our storage, so there's still a debate about that. Um, they'll be moving into pouring concrete slabs which is coming up over the next couple of weeks. So that's really gonna change a lot of the structure when we'll actually have some floors in the space and they'll be doing a lot of um, other work from that point. We had a municipal tour on May 25th. Um, during that time, we had three councillors from Northern Sunrise County and a councillor from County of Northern Lights and then um, our representative, Councillor Colin Needham was in attendance. The architect and also Jim Lee, the owner and principal owner for Marshall Lee, our general contractor, provided a tour for those municipal partners. So we'll be planning another one again, either late September or probably September, late August, sorry, or early September, however that second meeting falls so that um, we can provide another opportunity to anyone else who would like to see the building in its phases of construction. It's pretty exciting so and then i've just added some um, some photos of the counselors touring I, i've saved one of the photos for i do but it's just it, it's a bit of a rhetorical question okay, so 
did we advise everybody of chamber and gymnastics plans for next April? Or am I just speaking to myself here? Did, uh, council? Yes. Um, can, in one of a previous meeting, a uh, previous reading. Did we reading, cover that? Yeah, yeah just looking around. So recall. thinking ahead till next April, the BTEX building will be being ready for demolition. So we've written the Chamber of Commerce and I believe they've confirmed a trade show for early April as in the first week. Right because the building won't be available. And then the gymnastics group, I think, have other plans. So um, we've, the figurative we here have thought ahead, and those are the two big events uh, that typically occur once the ice is pulled out before the summer maintenance program starts. So that's in hand. And uh, uh, other than that, uh, I think we're, we're doing, uh, doing reasonably well. We're, again, trying to make up for some of that lost time, but, uh, as Tanya said, there's lots of work going on inside the building right now. AGS is doing lots of mechanical work in terms of hanging pipe and heating uh, apparatuses and whatnot. So there's stuff inside that you don't see. But uh, I, uh, I like to think uh, we can try and make up some of that time. And again, town's um, 100th year anniversary next year. We, we don't want to be opening this thing in December. We want to be doing it on time. So. Uh, we're still striving for them. Yeah, that's correct. And we have mentioned to the Chamber of Commerce that they will be the literally the last event in the Bay Tex that first very first weekend of April, and it's our centennial. So I threw out sort of the idea of sort of looking back and looking forward as a theme based on whatever they usually try to have a theme around their uh, trade show. So I threw out the centennial. Um, the town's hundredth, um, and the fact that they are the last official event that will be in that facility. When the demolition happens on that Vtex building, is it okay here? Go and blow it up, take it away, or is it? Uh, oh, I'd like yeah. that bench over there. Can I buy it or take it or something? Like so what kind of? It, it'll be a couple of things. Unfortunately, no pressing button um, explosion. <laughs> we, we been really advocating that Jim especially um, but if we the part of the reason why we didn't want any further events going on in that first of April is um, my staff need some time to remove the items that we would like to repurpose save whatever the case is specifically the rink boards those are coming out and we'll be utilizing them um, on the exterior outdoor ice and we figure it'll take us about a week to remove those We'll have some sort of a garage sale, um, auction, something uh, to remove pieces of the building that have any value for sale. Uh, we've had some inquiries already, so we anticipate that would be a, a valuable thing to do. Um, and then literally just moving everything else out of the building. We've also given our user groups notice at the ice allocation meeting that we had last week gave them a bit of a pre-warning to please start cleaning out your lockers now. Do not wait till March 31st of next year. Um, and don't leave it behind for, for the demo button because that's not part of the process. It will actually cost us money if they leave um, components of their stuff behind. So we're asking them to start doing some spring cleaning sooner than later, I guess. So you're not on time. So what is the what's the target? Pardon me. 
You're not on time. We are on time. So April 2019 is uh, the anticipated handover date for the construction. So the most important question is, are you on budget? That will be a discussion that will come forward at a later time. <laughs> we are on budget today. Jim. Today. As of today, we are on our budget. Okay, let's keep it that way. Uh, thank you very much. So, uh, maybe a motion for to accept this provision. Okay, Mr. Good, on there. Uh, Canada Day celebrations. It's that time of the year again. It comes around so quickly. Um, we're having a basic Canada Day event this year. Yesterday, or yesterday, I'm really ahead of myself. Last year we had a significant celebration with the Canada 150. We're going back to sort of our original format, um, an average Canada Day event with a opening ceremony at the museum, uh, slight walking parade to the park, and then uh, some activities at the park. Um, the staff are requesting council uh, or designate mayor or designate to the event to provide some words of welcome either at the museum and at the Riverfront Park. But if that doesn't work in schedules, Riverfront Park would also work. No, that's fine. Okay. Great. Uh -huh. Yes, please. An enabling motion would be lovely. All in favor? From Mr. Don Lewis. Thank you. So, what about fireworks? When are those out? Oh! There are fireworks. I cannot speak adequately to where they are. They're usually the evening prior to the first. But do not quote me on that. <laughs> well, I need to double check the poster. There won't be $10,000 worth. They will not. They will be a modest sum of five or six thousand. Yeah. Just do it on time. Yeah. Okay. So this is a sidewalk decision. Yes, Your Worship. Uh, so for you, you've got a request for decision for uh, provision of uh, sidewalk uh, for the fast gas development. As part of uh, development currently requested that uh, the uh, developer, being the Dragon Inn Restaurants, uh, provide sidewalk around or new development for the new fast gas, uh, which is uh, just up by on the west hill uh, by the uh, the extra foods uh, as you go up to, to there and having the one sidewalk extend down 74th street to the intersection of 101 74th street which kind of crosses over to where the hospital is uh, so part of this was just to uh, make sure that as we develop in these areas that we're extending our pedestrian network uh, appropriately uh, within those areas and you know, take the opportunities when, when they come up to uh, put those sidewalks in. 
So we requested that of the developer. They come back and ask, ask if the town would be interested in cost sharing on that sidewalk. Uh, so if what they have asked for is uh, that if the town can pick up uh, 42.9 meters of sidewalk, uh, which translates into 64.4 meter square surface area. So basically you can see that on that last uh, sketch that I'm including the RFD, that little section in red, where it extends down 74 from, basically it's from the edge of their, where they're developing their property down towards uh, 101 Avenue where uh, we would cross over and provide a crosswalk at that point. And then as uh, development continues to the west of there, we would, uh, at that time we would uh, make sure that sidewalks get included into those developments as we go forward. So as I've mentioned, uh, the developers asked for us, uh, for the town, if they would be interested in cautioning on uh, that amount of it. And uh, if so, uh, all they would we do is what we would just get their contractor to do uh, both sidewalks. And they've provided a quote of $16,500 to do that work, uh, put the sidewalk infrastructure in for that portion of it. So the options there are to uh, agree to fund uh, the portion of the sidewalk as noted to the firm cost of $16,500. Uh, if there's any overage above that, we would require the developer to cover those costs. The other option is to not approve the, the funding of the proposed sidewalk. So some of the uh, advantages and disadvantages within that for the advantages of funding the sidewalk, obviously you know, we're uh, providing an incentive for developers to come into town and do further development. Although uh, on the disadvantage side, it does uh, provide a precedent for future developers as we go forward as well. Uh, the 16500 if we do go forward with that, is not covered under our existing budget, either in the O&M or capital. So if we chose to go ahead with that, we would fund that under uh, our operational budget. And uh, we just moved that as an overage for this year. Uh, so if we don't uh, fund the sidewalk and insist that developer put that in as per uh, the develop, uh, development permit, and uh, we don't incur those costs. Uh, the disadvantage is uh, we may be discouraging future developers from coming in and developing. We'll just open it up for questions at this point. How about this thing right here? Why don't we get them to put in the sidewalk at their cost, but let them put their brand, their logo, right into the each sidewalk section? <laughs> So they're paying for advertising. <laughs> I have another question. When you talk about cost sharing, yes, are we paying for the whole sidewalk, or what is? is no, we're just paying point? for that that portion that uh, kind of lined with that red arrow, that forty-nine yeah. meters. So we're just uh, the rest of the sidewalk that kind of wraps around the rest of the basket <coughs> would be their cost. So it's wrapping around right in front of there. Um, well, this would be just coming up to the side, so just. Just up uh, to the portion where they're starting to develop, and then as you can see on that sketch with uh, the fast gas development uh, to the, the one end of the page, they would be providing sidewalk 
from the tip of that one red arrowhead as they come around, and it would be coming over to where the, uh, it's the Chrysler dealership that's there. I uh, would be coming in. They extend the sidewalk the over there. Along the north side of their Yeah, so along the hundred bathroom. And there isn't a sidewalk in front of the Chrysler dealership, is there? There is right now, but they're going to be taking that out and redeveloping it and redoing it. Okay, so that's this part. Did I also just, just add to that discussion in terms of? I'm sorry, Councillor Needham, I didn't see your red light. Um, the, both the Parks and Trails plan identified this particular area on the West Hill as a very pedestrian unfriendly area. And also our subcommittee of the Trails Committee reinforced that initial um, identification. So the Planning Department has recognized this issue and are starting to piece together literally the connection point. So that's just a note that this been oh, sorry, identified in a, a number of different plans and documents. Uh, if I may, I, I guess uh, it's too bad we didn't have a, uh, a better map. Maybe we can throw it up on it, but I can try this just so that everybody knows where we're at here. So uh, I guess everybody knows how to read a map, but just so that I understand it. So. Kitty Corner is Fountain Tire over here, and then this is the Nova uh, building here. And I think the point I'm making is that uh, we've got a senior development up there. Uh, we've got to start making this area more walkable, more attractive. So uh, I guess I'll put my cards on the table by saying I'm okay with this. But I, I think the benefit is it speaks to the issue that Ms. Bell just brought up, but also you have to think of that development on I will say the north side as you come across there. So as development occurs along there, the sidewalk would be on the north side and it would extend west all the way to the Nova uh, Nova Inn and the, uh, I think it's called the Nova Inn, or the Nova Apartments and the hospital. So that's where the future sidewalk would be. I, I just think this is a good lead-in for the whole subdivision. Uh, otherwise, if it's not done, it's just kind of hanging out there and you, and you and you, you really can't get there. Um, so I, I think, you know, certainly the business owner is doing his portion. The park in red, if you were to go there today, it's, uh, there's a creek back there and it's sort of the back end of, I don't want to say Marshall Automotive, but it is sort of the back end of Marshall Automotive when you stand there and look at it. It's, it's, it's a bit, it, it, it's, it's sort of out there, I guess is what I'm saying. There's no business here, I guess is what I'm saying. This is just an open field. So I, I think it's, again, uh, repeating myself, I think it's a good tie-in. We've got the senior center up there. We've got the medical clinic going up there. It's going to tie in with the development on the north side. And Jim, if you can find it in your operational budget, I'm uh, I'm okay with it. Actually, you didn't say you could find it. You said you can't. You're just going to put it in the next year. That's not what I heard. <laughs> I, I, I've seen this council spend money in worse places than this, and I won't get into that conversation. But just throwing an idea out there, I agree with you, uh, Councilman Ian. But could some of this work be done internally? Uh, at this moment, uh, we don't have any in-house uh, staff that are specialized with this kind of concrete. Uh, we did look at that earlier. Uh, we're having a, a bit of a changeover in, within our public work staff and just trying to redevelop some of those, uh, that skill sector uh, concrete right now. 
I move that Town P Server um, approve the expenditure of $16,500, not including GST, to the Dragon Inn Restaurants Incorporated to provide 64.4 square meters of sidewalk infrastructure from 74th Street and 101st Avenue North to the sidewalk infrastructure as shown in a sketch that was provided. Okay, all in favor? Just a quick question. Uh, Mr. Town, can this money be found somewhere within our current budget? So or where as, would this money come from? So as the director mentioned, this will come from our operating budget. Um, within the Public Works operating budget, there's a couple different accounts, and I just did pull this up so I would have a bit of a reference. Uh, so for example, there's almost $70,000 for uh, materials and supplies for this type of work that's for sidewalk repairs it's sand it's salt it's it's a whole bunch of things relating to roads and sidewalks um, this is where that cost would end up the director will manage the other costs within the account but you know depending on circumstances around snow removal and whatnot that are um, outside of our control you know we will do our best to try to keep the aggregate of that account um, under um, its budget amount when we add the 16500 to it. So, you know, we'll, we'll manage that the best we can, um, knowing that there's going to be an over-expenditure here potentially. And so it is manageable? I would say it's potentially manageable, depending on, on some things. At the end of the day, it's not going to really affect our, our, our year-end position. All in favor? Yes. Okay. Um, that completes new business. Uh, that takes us to reports. Uh, there's uh, reports that were included uh, in this week's agenda package with minutes of the Peace River Aboriginal Interagency Committee meeting from April the 18th. Is there anything you want to underscore that can be made? Uh, so this was the TRC subcommittee. And just to note that we had hoped to meet with elders on uh, May 24th, but that was delayed now until um, later this month. Um, Peace Library System Board meeting highlights for May 26, 2018. I believe you're on that committee again. I think maybe to highlight that um, the infrastructure funding has been well spent, and um, unfortunately, they've discovered that their roof needs another upgrade on this part that wasn't uh, done or than a few years ago. So they'll be taking uh, about 150,000 out of reserves to fix the roof. And other than that, they have another um, Aboriginal um, Indigenous grant for use in uh, regional libraries that I think our Peace River Library is uh, making use of. So this, this Peace, Peace Library system, I thought that was the overarching library. It is indeed, but it does, um, uh, help individual libraries with programming, with uh, infrastructure in terms of their IT um, department and other things such as ordering. 
And obviously roofs, so the water doesn't leak on the books. Well, this is the roof at the regional library building in Grand Prairie. Oh. So it's that one, yes. So we got money going to Grand Prairie. Okay. Okay, number three, uh, which is letter from the Peace Library System. Annual report, do you want to comment on that? Uh, no, I think all was in order and everyone can read it if they wished. Okay. That takes us into information. Um, Municipal Planning Commission meeting minutes for April the 3rd, 2018. Uh, any, anything that we need to highlight there? APC members? I'll take that as a no. Uh, email from Prostate Can Cancer Canada. Flag for Dad. Political ambassador request. Uh, they don't want a proclamation, I assume? No. Okay. Yes, prostate cancer doesn't rank it. What? Get a bandage. Someone point out Colin's shirt so they can oh, go on. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Are you the political ambassador shirt? Do we need to put in an application for him? Or? No. We're going to do a small photo. So. Okay, just call him. I, I would hope I'm by myself giving the underperformance of the rest of my colleagues around the table. Is it a proclamation or some other proc word you're involved in with this meeting here? That's going a little far. Okay. Okay, memorandum from Alberta Health Services regarding the Peace River Mental Health Walking Clinic hours. Anything that needed, needs, needs to be underscored there? Does sound like it? Letter from Municipal Affairs. GTF and SCF grant allocations. So that's Small Community Funds and what's GTF? Grass tax. Oh, okay. I remember seeing it. Your Worship, I did, uh, you jumped ahead too fast on the mental health walk-in oh. letter. Um, I don't know if it was just me that noticed that that's a reduction in hours. I'm wondering if we need to be sending a letter of concern. Okay. Uh, I don't know whether it's appropriate to come from the council or from administration. I don't know if FCSS has looked at this, Tanya. Yeah, we did. We, um, what does that work out to? It works out to two... Mm, I think it's less of the actual number of hours available versus that their day hours, daytime work hours only. Whereas previously right, it, it went to last appointment at 7 p.m. So there is a concern. Okay, so uh, if we maybe have, can you make a motion then, Ms. Downing, to have administration draft a letter? Uh, for the mayor's signature expressing concern about the reduction of hours. Certainly. Uh, did you catch that, English? Yeah. Perfect. All right, Thanks, Tanya. Am I okay to move on? That's <laughs> a gas tax, small community funds, anything that we need to highlight there? Uh, no, these are consistent with the amounts we've received in the past, and they match our budgeted amounts. And there's been no hint about changing MSI either up or down for the coming year because they did something a little different, didn't they, in announcing something earlier? So last year, they 
were delayed in announcing the MSI operating funding and they, the, the province had indicated that that might be reduced, but that hasn't. And that's the $61,000 amount that we received for operations. So, um, and we heard nothing about that this year. So we're just budgeting as is and, and based on previous. We probably have, but have we sent letters back to the what do we? No, we just accept it as standard fare. <laughs> um, we can make a, I, I, can make I a would like to see a letter of thanks go to the, to the government for this. I mean, it's money that we didn't have, they give it to us. It might be money they don't have either. It might be money they don't have. That's okay, I'll much more to send a letter of thanks. Okay. Uh, all in favor? Let's draft one up. Uh, uh, that was a motion to, uh, to direct administration to draft a letter for the mayor's signature uh, thanking the provincial government for uh, the, the grant allocation. Okay, uh, there's a letter in the package from Northern Air dated June the 1st, 2018. Uh, they have a hangar available at the Peace River Airport. This is actually for, I believe, what, what is considered the RCMP hangar, the old RCMP hangar. Probably the best hangar on the lot. Uh, and uh, you can store how many planes in there? You know, Mr. Sure, you can put two in there anyway. And uh, direct access to the runway, or at least the factory. Um, Letter from Northern Sunrise County. Uh, this is a uh, letter for, and this is for tomorrow, right? Update and groundbreaking info for the primary care center. So when does that happen? That's at four o'clock or four o'clock. And who's going to be there? That's myself. <coughs> Didn't go to the ICF meeting something? Right. Yeah. No, I'm hoping to be the one. So that's at four o'clock. So bring on shovels. Boots. I thought you uh, doesn't administration have some golden shovels? I would. <laughs> I do, but I would imagine Northern Sunrise County would have prepared that all that. Um, they'll be giving them away. They'll, they'll have double gold. I wasn't going to add one, but yes. Uh, there's also an invite from Alberta Municipal Affairs regard, um, dated June the 6th regarding Emergency Management Act engagement session. And then what's going there? Uh, the next one is a workshop on asset management for municipal staff. The technical basis basics in Grand Prairie in the 15th. Is uh, anyone from the engineering staff going to that one or two basic for you? Uh, we had sent our engineering technologist to a session two weeks ago in Grand Prairie for asset management and I actually attended uh, an asset management workshop for uh, Canadian West uh, or Canadian Institute West. Uh, last week, which I uh, was one of the speakers. And 
provide them a, a presentation on that search management there. Okay. Uh, number nine is a letter from Alberta Rec and Parks for the 2018 annual conference, Energizing Workshop, Partners in Progress. Okay, so we made two motions on items uh, four and, uh, and five. So could I get a motion to we accept items uh, 10.1, 10.2, 10.5, 10.6, 10.7, 10.8, 10.9, 10.10, 10.11, 10.12, 10.13, 10.14, 10.15, 10.16, 10.17, 10.18, 10.19, 10.20, 10.21, 10
So there's pressure on you, Ms. Zoom, to get that letter written. <laughs> I think the information that we would give is what's what's being included. I can, I guess you can ask me about that hanger. All I, I'd be able to tell you is it's it's really our best hanger out there. Yeah. So if you wanted a soundbite on that, that's fine. That's all I know. Um, yeah, I can find some bylaws. Is Hume again? Um, the other letter is the one on the, uh, the hours? Is that what you're referring to? No, I think, no, I think the hours for the Alberta Health Services now. No, I talked about the recall. The recreation volunteer. No, I think it's the advertising bylaws. Okay. Uh, yeah, we're going to refer you to this new one. Okay. Well, when are you available? When are you available? I'm uh, probably available right by we well you could tomorrow morning I'm okay. or you want to do it very quickly. Well, I can wait. Yeah, you can. Your deadline is Friday or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sunday. I'm Okay. Yeah, we'll take a break and then we'll uh, we'll recess for the five ten minutes and then we'll go to the camera. So hopefully we can get that. Is there anything else that needs to be highlighted this year in your opinion? Um, I think with the venture bylaws, it's a lot of money, so we should clarify what we're spending money on. Um, so it's a good time to rehash the capital budget and the various projects that are going to take place. Uh, we'll do some advertising or promotion, I suppose, around the Recreation Volunteer Rec Recognition Awards. Um, as well, the Peace Regional Recreation Center update. We'll update the info on the website. Okay, we'll uh, recess for Sure, why don't you go ahead? So just for council's information, I will be sending my regrets for tomorrow's meeting and the photo walk as I forgot to put that in my calendar. We're, uh, I'm actually going to be meeting with uh, our staff sergeant tomorrow and our new peace officer as well as some of our, uh, our local press and we'll be starting uh, to move to uh, promote our uh, SEPTED program or the crime prevention stuff and Autumn is uh, going to be doing a, uh, a wonderful communications piece on our web pages coming forward so um, that's what uh, I'll be working on tomorrow. Okay, uh, we'll recess for 10 minutes.
Grimshaw, oh my God, you might get that kid, right? I'm assuming someone's.